Uber is joining the ad game, Shopify is doing emails and an inspiring interview with Samantha Aberhart of the Mayfair Group. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. We are back. Hope you had an awesome week. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hope you enjoyed last week's spooky episode. If you haven't checked it out yet, definitely go check out the Workplace Horror Stories episode. Way funny. Super enjoyed putting that together. And thank you to everyone who submitted their crazy stories. So before we dive into our news today and our interview, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Always Avi. I was on her podcast this past week. So if you haven't checked that out, go type in With Love Avi in the anywhere you listen to podcasts. Go check that out. It was a good time. We talked Bachelor. We talked social media and relationships because her podcast is all about relationships and love. And it was a really fun time. So shout out to her. And last update is the Arizona Foothills Best of the Valley voting is still going on. So if you want to vote for Working Girl Talk, go click the link in my Instagram bio or the Working Girl Talk Instagram bio. With that being said, let's dive into the news because I want to make sure we get to the interview with Sam because it's amazing. Two headlines this week that you need to know. Guess what? Uber is becoming an ad platform starting to sell space in its Eats app to restaurants hoping to learn more food delivery orders as TechCrunch reports. So TechCrunch actually found a job listing. The job listing is seeking an Uber Eats ads lead to, quote, lead the team in efforts responsible for creating a new ads business that enables eaters to discover new foods and restaurants to grow their customer base. So TechCrunch did some good detective work here since they found the job posting and kind of made the deductions that way. And an Uber spokesperson did confirm the news. So they did confirm that the company would be entering into the ads business, telling TechCrunch that, quote, we are exploring relevant ads in Eats. So the ads in the Eats app, kind of a mouthful there. So they're going to be selling ads to hopefully improve on the margins of Eats, where it only takes about 10.7% of the gross bookings as adjusted net revenue because it pays out so much to the restaurants and drivers. So hopefully a way to get more money. So just another, this is just a part of life, I guess, all of these online platforms, these apps, ads are a huge way for me to, for them to make money. And Uber is just diving right in on that. I've never actually used Uber Eats, but... I guess we'll see how that goes for them. I'm sure it will be beneficial in some ways depending on how the ads look. I'm sure they'll incorporate them to try to be more organic to get some people to buy more food. Next story, Shopify is continuing to expand beyond just an e-commerce platform to with a new product called Shopify Email. This headline immediately caught my attention because I think it was earlier this year I believe it was months ago now but it was a big deal months back when MailChimp and Shopify parted ways with each other because a lot of people that use Shopify use MailChimp and you don't, if you don't have that integration it's a little hard to reach your customers like what I still remember I was the moderator on a MailChimp panel earlier this year and one of the questions from the audience was, hey, I am on Shopify. Why doesn't MailChimp like me anymore? And nobody really had an answer. And even the MailChimp representative there was like, oh, yeah, like we're, yeah, that it happened. And so 
that was huge news. So then when I'm seeing this now, all it all makes sense. So a lot of these e-commerce platforms are trying to become one like whole marketing solution. So it makes sense that Shopify is doing this. So TechCrunch reported that Shopify's chief product officer, Craig Miller, and director of product for marketing technology, Michael Perry, gave a quick demo of the product to them. And they argued that it's the first email product designed for e-commerce. So they're really leaning into that e-commerce sector there, which makes perfect sense for their audience. So it's integrated with a merchant store on Shopify, allowing them to easily pull their brand assets into their emails along with product content and listings. You can also see whether those emails actually lead to customers to add products to their carts, purchase them, etc. And you can create customer segments based on the data in Shopify. So a lot of the same things you can do in MailChimp or other platforms, but since it's connected to your Shopify, it all is going to work so much more smoothly. So this is great news for anyone on Shopify who's been trying to find an email solution if they were once on MailChimp and having to try to figure out a different way to do that now. So this is an awesome solution and it's kind of cool to see all these different email marketing platforms pop up, these competitions. So everyone's rising to the top, trying to outdo each other, which means we're getting better products. So it's probably a good thing. And for, if you're using Shopify, then you don't have to use so many external platforms. So I think overall, this is an awesome thing and we'll see how it goes. If you are a Shopify user and end up using this feature, please let me know because I'm always so curious about how your experience is with these kinds of things. And with that, but we're just keeping it to two headlines this week because I really want to dive into this interview with Sam. So Samantha Aberhart is the founder and CEO of the Mayfair Group. And let me tell you, the Mayfair Group is taking on the world by storm. They are an all-inclusive brand representation company specializing in the sectors of public relations, social media, sales, graphic design, and creative content. You may know them from their killer social media accounts. Just a quick tidbit, they grew their following on Instagram from around 10,000 to 250,000 in around one year, which is something we dive into on this episode. We also talk about the inner workings of the Mayfair Group because it's fascinating, how to build relationships, especially in the fashion industry, how not to lose yourself when it comes to social media, and so much more. Sam has been on my dream guest list for the podcast since day one. She is a hustler, a believer in manifesting your dreams into reality, and an all-around inspiring girl boss. Please enjoy our conversation. So excited to have you on the podcast today, Sam. This you've been on my list forever, just Yay. so you know. So super excited to have this happen. Let's start off with like, tell us about Mayfair. Tell us about your company for people that may not know. Yeah, so Mayfair is a full service brand representation company. So we basically offer services of social media, PR, sales, creative content, graphic design, branding. Um, for all fashion, beauty, lifestyle brands. So we're a full service uh, brand representation company. So what we do is we offer all of those services in-house and then brands can work with us on one sector, on two sectors, like whatever they're looking for, we create a customized package for them based on what it is they're looking for. So that was the premise and that still is the premise, but we kind of wanted to create 
a lifestyle from the get-go. We didn't want to be like your typical service-based company. Um, we wanted to be kind of a service-based company that built a platform, that built a lifestyle, a brand kind of in essence. So when we created Mayfair, we really wanted to revolutionize the way that service-based companies in the fashion industry are presented. Mm-hmm. Because for us and for me, like working on the branded side on the other end of the spectrum, a lot of social media companies will be like, yeah, we can build your social, but then they don't have a social following. And same with PR. So we kind of wanted to be the first company that's like, look what we've done and we can basically replicate that um, you know to your brand to your lifestyle and we also are able to now kind of test initiatives on our platform which is really rad because we have like such a tuned in audience so we like will test an initiative and if it's successful we can then roll it out to the brands that we feel like that campaign could work well for so we kind of just wanted to change the way and like shake up the way that like service-based companies are like ran in the industry basically that was the whole premise so Mm -hmm. yeah that is so cool and I love that you mentioned that because I feel like that's something that a lot of marketing or digital people struggle with it's like they neglect their own presence online and expect to do it for other people and it's like no like build up yourself too. like have your own like example so I love that too and also using yourself as the guinea pig like that's that's kind of fun we're basically like our own guinea pig for (laughs) all of our brands so we can really see um, you know, what kind of checks with an audience, what, you know, doesn't check as much. And a lot of our brands also are within kind of our identity. Like we turn down a lot of business just because we really want to work with brands, one that we believe in, but two that kind of like align with like who we are. And so we really have this whole network of just like amazing brands and an audience. And we can kind of just use all of that to really like channel momentum, you know, which is really, really rad. So it all ties in together. And yeah, hundred percent, like a lot of service-based companies do like neglect their own following or their own PR or like their own site and they're offering like website design. It's just kind of funny, like how it works. And I totally get that just because obviously they're channeling more energy into their brands and clients that they represent. But for us, we kind of wanted to be like, no, this is a direct representation of us. Like for us, our Instagram is our resume in a sense. And same with kind of like everything we do, our events and like all of those things. So we just want to make sure that we're, you know, making sure that we're taking care of our own Instagram and our own um, brand and identity and site and all of those things so that when we're presenting to brands, they can see directly what our success looks like. So it's kind of a weird roundabout way of like having a resume and showing what we do, but we kind of wanted to do it differently, I guess. Yeah, I love that. And all your followers appreciate it too. Yeah. Um, So going back, let's start a little bit back at the beginning, I guess. So did you always want to own a business or like how did this path come about? Yeah. So when I was really young um well first of all my whole family we grew up in London so that's that we'll get back to that because that's kind of how Mayfair the whole name came about but we grew up in London and moved to the states when we were I was 12 and my dad had like investors in his business that wanted him to move it to the states so we all had to move countries like at a very young age which was really really hard but I feel like also kind of stemmed a lot of like independence in each of us just because we we really were like reliant on each other and ourselves in a weird way so Um, Just from the get-go, my dad was an entrepreneur, like never graduated high school or college, and my mom was kind of the same, like, and the two of them just, like, made made it work. Like, they totally killed it, and they just, you know, my dad was always, like, going after what he loved, and same with my mom, and they just, like, had the most support and respect for one another, which I just always, like, idolized, just their kind of, like, dynamic in a relationship. But when we moved here, he basically built his U.S. portion of the business. And then so growing up, 
you know, being around those two kinds of people, I would listen in and car conversations, business calls. Like I was always really fascinated with the way that they talk to people, approach people, how they handled situations. And I think that like it was kind of ingrained like weirdly in my DNA from like the get go. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in school, I just noticed that I was fascinated with like business and like self help and like just these weird, like I loved people like Sarah Blakely, Oprah, like Warren Buffett, like my brother was obsessed with Richard Branson. Like we kind of all were obsessed with like entrepreneurs that had this kind of like free spirit, kind of go after your dreams kind of mentality. And so I, you know, later in high school and even into college, I was just obsessed with like business. I knew that like that was basically what I wanted to do. I just had to figure out what was going to be kind of my passion and to combine the two, you know? Mm-hmm. So I knew that I wanted to study business. So when, when I went to college, I studied business and that's really like end of high school and beginning of college when is when I got into fashion and I, I really loved it. And I just was like, if I could find something that combines the two of these and like, that would be an ideal world. So yeah, that's kind of like where it all began and just like was obsessed with like reading self-help business books. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, my, my parents and probably friends thought I was weird, but I was just like fascinated with all of it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's kind of Very how it cool. all started. Yeah. Very cool. Who's like your idol, I guess, when it comes to like entrepreneur, like that There's type of person. so many, like, I feel like Richard Branson, just one of, he's an, he's amazing. And the other day I was watching that Netflix documentary on Bill Gates. <sighs> I mean, him, Warren Buffett, but then like on the female side, Emily Weiss from Glossier. I'm obsessed with her. Sarah Blakely, DVF, Dan from Prestonburg, like there's so many female entrepreneurs too that I look up to so much. So honestly, the list goes on and on. And I could go on for days about this, but awesome. a lot of people, yeah. You had this passion, passion for fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. Yeah. But, um, so you had that passion there. So how did Mayfair exactly come out? So you said like that bridge from college, like you developed yeah. that passion for fashion. Like, did you specifically go and work in fashion mm-hmm. or like how did that? Yeah, so we were in Georgia. That's kind of like where my parents ended up settling. And it was funny because my brother works in music. Now my older brother works in music. And I was like interested in fashion. And obviously in Georgia, there's not too much going on in those industries. And so we were in a position where basically, you know, my dad had a lot of my dad's company is a photocopy a photocopier and printer for like corporate companies that's what his company does but we had no connections in like fashion or music like my dad was like oh I can't help you there you know and so my brother and I really had to just like take every opportunity that we could and I think it made us like such hustlers because we were like we have to do whatever it takes to get our foot in the door to like get into this industry I mean we were just starting off from a small town in Georgia with no connections and really had to kind of like build our own network and figure everything out so my brother moved out to LA probably two years before me and that's kind of what stemmed my like inkling to want to go to the west coast and so I just was in college and I applied for every fashion internship that I could in LA like I was like anything that I would find on the internet I would apply for I would go to like the brand's websites that I was obsessed with which my my favorite brand at the time was Wild Fox Couture 
Um, and so I went to their website and I found any email I could. I would like call the customer service number and just like ask for people's emails and just kept sending my resume. And my old boss actually said that when she got my email, she was like, I don't know why I responded to you because you were so underqualified <laughs> and you were just like a small town girl from Georgia, like applying for this like LA fashion internship. But she was like, something in my heart told me like respond to this one. And so she ended up responding and they offered me an internship at their corporate office just doing customer service and that's really where it all started. I basically got to go for the summer. I saved up and went for the summer, interned with them and then worked like my ass off basically and ended up landing myself a job after college and moved out to LA. And so before I started Mayfair, I actually worked in the industry for like seven years. Oh, wow. And so really kind of learned a lot about every sector within Mm -hmm. the fashion industry. And that's really where I got the idea to start Mayfair was because from working on the branded side, I just saw that a lot of uh, brands will outsource their services and a lot of those service based companies or even just the inside like in inside the brand like the social media team or the PR team those teams don't work collaboratively in order to like m- most benefit like to benefit the brand in the best way possible so Mayfair was really started as like you know like an all-inclusive brand representation company but part of that was that we offer all services in-house so everything leads back to branded revenue so it's like right. a very collaborative environment because what you see in this industry is like people will outsource their social and then their PR company will be a completely different and then their sales team will be completely different and none of those teams work collaboratively which to me was like didn't make sense you know I was like the sales team should be working with the social team and the social team should work with the PR team so that's really where the premise began but there was like seven years of working in the industry and then after that I was like okay I'm gonna just go for it and do it. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was that first step like? Was it already having like this plan of like, okay, I know what it's going to be called, what exactly it's going to be, quit fashion, that like being working for somebody else and then starting or like how did that process actually go? Or was it all like pretty quick? I think it it was all, it was always like in the back of my mind. Like Mm -hmm. I always knew like I'm working, I want to like learn as much as I can in, in, in this industry in order to start a business like that was always kind of in the cards I remember being in London and I was there for like the holidays with my family and my mom and dad actually met at a nightclub in Mayfair and so that's a really cool like district in London and they had been married they were celebrating like 35 years of marriage and we were talking about Mayfair and I had been toying with the idea to start this like brand representation company and then as soon as we were all talking about it I kind of was like Mayfair like it needs to be off of that and so I sat down I remember I stayed up all night just like thinking about branding and just like how what the name would be and I wanted the name to be perfect and just kind of like what the lifestyle and the whole like idea and then the next morning I sat down with my dad and my mom and I was telling them they're like just do it like what do you you know like you have enough relationships like just do it like you know brands would work with you like you've kind of built up your resume in a sense and so I was like all right so it was really scary because I obviously left a huge like salaried paid you know position and just was like all right I'm just gonna do it so awesome yeah it was it was wild So on the client side of things, so Mm -hmm. you said it was like really selective. You work with people that want to work with you, like that Mm -hmm. really mesh together. So how do you, like, how did you figure out what that exact 
person looked like, I guess that client persona. Yeah. And then how do you vet now? And because I think that's something super important that a lot of these like service-based companies don't realize because if the partnership isn't good at the beginning, it's really hard to get it good later on. So how do you combat that right the beginning yeah so we definitely from the get-go you know there was brands that I had worked with or that had been in my network that they were like okay if you do this we're gonna like go and work with you and you know kind of like sign on to be your first brands and a couple of those brands are still with us today which is really rad so one of them being wildfire cases they were like my first brand that I ever signed I always give them shout outs because they're just like the best people in the world but it was kind of like when I did decide to start my business I was like one, I just want to work with good people. That is like my biggest thing with Mayfair and just in general is that like I really, really only want to work with people that we love and that we feel like we can make a difference for and that we want to make a difference for. So I think that that's part of it. Like you have to really respect the people that you work with because you're like fighting for them every single day, you know, and helping them grow their brand. And with Wildflower, it's just so effortless. Like we all just see so eye to eye and just kind of the, the route that we've had and the growth that we've had has just been so awesome. And it feels great celebrating victories for people like that, you know. So definitely from the get-go, it was kind of like, who can we get? Like, it was definitely more of, like, people – I was kind of reaching out to people that needed, like, representation and was, like, just kind of give us a chance. Now, obviously, we're in a way different position having kind of, like, the following and just, like, the name that we do. We definitely get approached a lot for a lot of business, but – a weird thing about us is like we turn down 95% of the business that we get offered yeah and people like don't even I feel like people hear that statistic and they're like there's no way but it's absolutely true we literally turn down so much business because for us it's really about working with brands like I said that are good people but also brands that fit within kind of our identity and we also would never want to put our existing brands in a position where we're having two brands kind of in the same space for one sector so you know if we have like wildflower for sales for instance we would never take on another tech brand because they're obviously like we would never want to cannibalize that business so we really only work with like one brand kind of for each sector in each category Mm -hmm. Uh, we definitely work with like multiple apparel brands but obviously they're very like different or they complement each other and they and most of them are kind of within within different sectors at Mayfair but yeah so that's kind of like the process we definitely now obviously get reached out to way more than we're reaching out but we still do reach out to brands um one was boys lie which i don't know if you're familiar with but that brand's had monumental growth like recently they're these two amazing girls and i saw the brand and i was actually it was last summer when i was on vacation or this summer when I was on vacation and I like from Italy was like messaging them and I was like let's get on a call and so I got on a call with them and the minute I like heard their story I was like we have to work with you guys so there's definitely still a lot of brands that we do reach out for but a lot like I said it's obviously changed a lot now because we do get approached for a lot of different business and stuff yeah and along with that I feel like a lot of this is like relationship building and really like all connections so like any tips or advice for people who maybe don't have connections at all or even like are trying to cultivate these relationships from a client perspective yeah I think just be genuine and like that's my biggest thing is I'm very honest and I always are genuine in the sense that like 
you know, it's not a false thing. I always tell people kind of like, even with my, my relationships and brands now, we're very like transparent in the way that, way that we work with them. And I think just being genuine, cause I think fashion is an industry where there is a lot of falseness. And so I think that people can tell when somebody's like being genuine about like who they are and what they do. And I think that that kind of like translates to clients and brands. Like they definitely see it. Um, my other thing would just be like, don't underestimate like the small little things that can like go a long way. My dad always taught me from like a very young early age to like remember important dates and write those things in your calendar and like never underestimate the power of a handwritten note. Like I think sometimes in old school mentalities of like how to build relationships like outweigh like the new school like you know like everything now is like on the phone or it's just like a quick text or like an email but like I always go back to like the old school mentality of like Mm -hmm. sending somebody an actual note or like remembering really like important dates to people like a lot of our clients like I have all of their birth dates or like their anniversaries and stuff like that in our calendar so that we always remember to like reach out on their birthdays or like just you know making people feel special I think Mm -hmm. that that's like how you cultivate and build relationships and being genuine about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those go such a long way. A long like, way. that is crazy. Like, whenever anyone tells you, like, oh, happy birthday, it's like, oh, like, you remember. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Those little things that don't even take that much extra time. No, they for I sure love don't. that. Um, and then let's talk about the team side of things. Okay. So even just before this, you were telling me how much you guys have grown. So can we start from that? So you said you were in like a one bedroom apartment and yeah. then you guys have like expanded just within almost two years. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Like, it's let's been talk nuts. about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we started in my guest bedroom. It was me and a girl that worked for me previously for my old company. And she, I kind of hired her on um, at my old company just to assist me. And so she basically stayed with me. And so she was kind of just like assisting me. And we started in my guest bedroom. And then from there, we went into, it was probably three months. And it started to get to the point where my husband was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. You have samples coming in every day. We had like boxes stacked outside our apartment door. (laughs) And so we moved from there into a one bedroom. And we worked out of a one-bedroom apartment for probably, I would say, six months, maybe maybe six to eight months, and then we moved into a two-bedroom. And it got to the point where, like, there were people sitting on the floor everywhere. Like, my husband would come. Like, one day he came and he was like, you guys cannot work like this. And he's always, like, the money guy. He's very, like, don't expand before you need to expand kind of thing. And he came in and he was like, whoa. (laughs) Like, there was just people sitting everywhere. Like, it was just like, he was like, whoa, this is crazy. So we had a one-year lease. And by the end of the one year, we were, like, busting at the seams. Um, And so this year, in January of this year, we moved into an actual physical office space um which we're obviously in right now so you got to kind of see it but we I remember at the beginning of this year I was thinking like we might have to sublease some space because this is a huge like growth like for us to be taking on this amount of space and now 10 months later here we are figuring out how we can get even more space because (laughs) it just seems like we've kind of outgrown that too but I honestly feel like with space and I'm a huge believer in like manifesting the things that you want in your life, Mm -hmm. especially in business. And I kind of feel like when we took on the space, I was like, we're going to outgrow it. Like I almost feel like if you go into the, with the mentality of like, we're going to feel this, fill this space. And I know we're going to obviously in a, in a smart way, not like going 
crazy with how much you could grow. But like coming in and just being like, you know what, we're going to fill this. I know we're going to, and kind of waking up every day and believing that I feel like it puts it in your mentality of like, Mm -hmm. it's all going to work out. And I definitely like, there was moments where I was nervous in January, like committing to something this big, but like now it's like, yeah, we've, we've like literally outgrown it, which is unreal. So, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So then on the team side, you've been able to grow pretty quickly, which means hiring a lot of people pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So any lessons learned from that or tips or insight on finding people that align with your vision, align with what you're actually doing here? Totally. So just to speak on the team side, because this is honestly, I feel like the biggest thing that, you know, I like to talk about when I talk about Mayfair is just the girls that work here, because to me, Mayfair is just Mayfair's growth and just Mayfair in general is is a combination of every single person that works here and I've been so 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 lucky to have the girls that I get to work with every day like Mm -hmm. to me like they are Mayfair and I always say like when people talk about social I'm like it's the social team it's not me and same with our PR team and our sales and our graphics like the girls that work here are in my opinion some of the best girls and just the strongest like in their fields basically and I feel inspired and lucky to work with them every day like I sometimes feel like not even worthy to be able to like work with them because they're all so amazingly talented so definitely we have the baddest team I feel like I always say that but I genuinely believe it with every inch of my being but they I think for hiring it's it's been a hard thing like I think it's one of those things that when you run a business, you don't think about as much about you have this, a lot of times it's an entrepreneur that has an idea and you're a very like self-motivated person. Mm -hmm. And then I think you have to like be a manager and you have to hire and you have to take on all these other responsibilities that you're like, whoa, I didn't really think that like this was going to be as hard as it was. And it totally is because managing people is one of the hardest things in the entire world, especially if you're not kind of like born a great manager like if you're more of like an entrepreneur or even like Mm -hmm. a salesperson like what I was what I was previous to this Mm -hmm. um you know management is one of those things that like it's a hard thing and it's probably one of the hardest components in running a business and hiring because I think you know finding good people is just such I feel like it's such an underestimated like task it's like one of those things where everyone's like oh you can just hire someone but like you have to hire the right person And I think there's, like, such a difference between hiring, like, good people and great people. I feel like we've been really lucky, and we've definitely gotten, like, a great foundation, and so we're able to, like, build off of that. But, I mean, we've definitely had kind of, like, people that come in, whether it's, like, on the intern side or even employee side that, you know small business life may or may not have been for them you know I think being in a small business is also such a huge change for some people because you're wearing a million different hats Mm -hmm. nobody really even has a job title like we're all doing it all (laughs) yeah I think management and hiring people has been definitely one of the hardest parts probably of running Mm -hmm. the business but I will say that this year I hired a COO and it was a huge investment for us basically to take somebody on and she has changed my life. Oh, amazing. Um, her name's Devin, but she basically came in and she has just, she's an amazing manager and mm-hmm. the girls go to her when they like need things or, you know, if they just want to talk and she's kind of become that just the, almost the team mom. Like I feel like she's really like that person that is great at management and she also does a lot of the hiring and she's really great at hiring people too. So it's kind of saved my life in a sense because I always say since she came in I drink less and I sleep more (laughs) but um, she's definitely kind of changed the game for me but before that obviously as CEO like I was doing everything from like the hiring to all of 
I mean, it was like one of those things where there wasn't anyone between me and the girls. So even if somebody had like a question about the printer, it would be me basically that would have to answer it. So sometimes I would be in meetings in New York and people would be texting me like, hey, we're out of paper, you know, and like just small things that maybe like they didn't know, you know, like if the printer stopped working, like obviously they weren't familiar and they would have to text me. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of having like filtration systems between like you and like, you know, obviously like managers that can kind of run their sectors and stuff. That's definitely helped the business. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but having the right people so now we have like an amazing social media director Kaylee who manages her team Jazz who's our graphic designer is insanely talented and she manages her team LT has come in on sales and does an incredible job and then we have Brielle and PR and then we also have Devin so like we now have kind of like all the great foundation um, Mm -hmm. blocks in order to kind of like build on so which is awesome which is rad because I feel like especially too since you guys like you've been around for a while a few years but this year we'll talk about it but like you've blown up like social wise Mm -hmm. and a lot of different things like that I'm sure the influx has been crazy Mm -hmm. like people always asking like oh are you hiring so managing that would be hard without that solid foundation I'm sure yeah and it was like I feel like from the get-go it was like we were almost like trying to find Mm -hmm. people to like work for us Mm -hmm. like it was this it's the same thing right as like Mm -hmm. how the pendulum kind of switch like switches and it was like from the get from the beginning we were like begging girls almost to intern for us and now like with our intern applications we get like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants so it's kind of then you're having to go from like finding people to almost like finding the right people and kind of like sifting through all those people and seeing like who's in it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. or like who actually sees a future here and like who's going to come in and just really like add value like so it just there's like different problems you know from like beginning (laughs) stages to like where we are now and the growth has been one of those things where it's like hard to keep up with Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't want to like over hire but then you also don't want the girls to be spread thin so it's like definitely like that balance beam of like making sure we have enough people but and also like we want to be profitable at the end of the day so we're just trying to make sure that it's like so definitely like your problems change I feel like as the business grows but obviously now it's like more growth problems rather than Mm -hmm. anything else which is like I said it's we always think of as good problems to have so yeah that is so you guys recently dived into the retail space yourself Mm -hmm. so you have your own merchandise to sell like your own clothing shirts can you talk about that like what that process was like for you because you already have this fashion background and those connections so kind of talk about like the inspiration behind that and why you guys wanted to do that so it kind of began with basically like we started to see which we'll talk about but obviously our our social this year has grown immensely you know it's 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 been insane honestly and it's one of those things I besides having an amazing team it's one of those things like we definitely just kind of went viral and almost like not luck but like there was a lot of hard work obviously but it was one of those things that like this year it's been astronomical and so we were kind of figuring out how to channel that into different you know revenue streams or just ways to kind of like give people what they were like asking for and kind of continue to build out this lifestyle that we've always like wanted to build and so we started to see that when we would post something on Instagram people would be like we want this on a t-shirt or like I really wish you guys had sweats that like said these reminders on them Mm -hmm. or like make agendas like there was so many things that like we would get messages all day long about products Mm -hmm. and we never want to interfere with kind of like our branded side so we we always knew that whatever we did we didn't want it to interfere with like our branded side so when we all kind of sat down we came up with the idea of merch and we were kind of like why don't we just see what goes viral on Instagram and then 
drop that in like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt and so we all love the idea and obviously the merch concept is very different than like having a whole line or collection which was not really like what we wanted to do and so we decided to launch merch and so when we see things check on Instagram or them go viral we basically overnight will produce it into a t-shirt and then we'll drop the t-shirt and so you know it's kind of expanded from just like t-shirts to then we started doing sweats and then we we launched vintage this year so it's definitely evolved and we want to continue like evolving that platform but it's all based on like what our followers want and what they want to see from us and what they're kind of like yeah so even like to this day we'll get messages being like you guys should do this and we're like great idea like we so we'll totally like take the feedback and kind of evolve it as we see it but it's been like awesome because we've been able to just like put you know, messages that we feel really passionate and strongly about, you know, the positivity mm-hmm. that we're always exuding on Instagram into t-shirts and sweatshirts. And then people are walking around with these like positive um, messages all over their sweatshirts and t-shirts, which is rad. Like just to think that people are out there kind of embodying like Mayfair. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's been a cool, cool experience for sure. That is awesome. So launching merch, you were able, like, so that really was speaking to your community. Yes. And listening to them. Can you talk about that? Like, how important that is? Because I feel like that is, like, the beautiful part about yes. social media. Like, really, like, having these two-way conversations. Like, you want it? Let's do it. Like, yeah. No, I mean, the whole premise of Mayfair, really, in, in all sectors, is for it to always be a two-way street. Like, that's how we see everything. Even our PR sector, like, we kind of want all of our PR to be innovative in the way that we always want it to be a two-way street. We want the girls, you know, the, the influencers, the models, whoever we're working with to really be as involved in the process as we are. And that's the same with merch and our following. Like mm-hmm. we always want the Instagram to be, you know, kind of a representation of what people are wanting to see or like what they want to see from us. And even with merch, we're like, tell us, like, what do you guys want? We'll definitely implement that into our strategy and stuff. So it's always been a two-way street. And I think for us really with the Instagram, it's always been about positivity and just making people feel good when they're on Instagram. Like that's really what Mayfair is about. Like besides like being, you know, the boss girl that you totally are and embracing that girl, it's about being kind of like a hype women for other women. Cause I think social can be a place where it's very toxic and negative and especially in this industry it's full of comparison and kind of just like you know your highlight reel and just so with Mayfair we really just wanted people to feel good when they saw our messages or when they saw our posts or like for them to feel a certain to invoke a certain emotion or like take them back to a happy place or you know just make people feel good about themselves that's genuinely what it comes down to and just spreading that message because like I said, I just think social can be such a toxic place mm-hmm. and we're able to use this amazing platform of social media to spread a message. And so we always want that message to be positivity and just like, mm-hmm. so we've kind of now, you know, and, and this is how we kind of always saw it was that like, we really want to be like everyone's big sister on Instagram. And so we do a lot of segments now where girls can write in for advice. Um, you know, we're kind of like the Cosmo of Instagram, I guess, where people can write in and ask questions about dating or life or career. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just like give them our best big sis advice in a Mayfair type way of like, mm-hmm. you don't need that boy, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you totally can do it by yourself. So just kind of almost being like the big sister, like the pen pal yeah. and just spreading a lot of positivity um, mm-hmm. out there for everyone. So I love that. And that's what we need. We need that. 100%. I mean, we, we all do. sister there. Yeah, totally. I mean, I need, I mean, I need it even like I'll sometimes read our, like I'll see our posts go up and I'm like, 
I really needed that today, you know, like honestly, just the perspective or that message that you're like, wow, like it almost like spoke to you in a sense. Mm So, and even with our horoscopes that we do weekly, which has been one of our kind of biggest, like well-received segments that we do on Instagram, like it's all positive. Like we really want people to like start their weeks and see that horoscope and be like, I'm going to kill my week, you know? So it's just really about spreading that positive message and just kind of making other people feel good and Mm -hmm in return just kind of paying that for that positivity message and stuff right okay so since we're already talking about it let's just dive deeper so the instagram i remember i think i first started following you because of the like astrology like oh like oh there's some airy stuff like i think that's where i kind of got my first introduction to mayfair (laughs) and then started seeing it like spread like wildfire like and even to this day i always see like people sharing those so and then like kind of watching the progression of how fast you guys were growing like Mm -hmm. what's that like on your side because I think you told me that you were at like 8,000 followers and now it's over 250,000 in around 10 months like how is that like is that like a surreal feeling because that kind of growth like takes such a long time especially now yeah like with the algorithm and tell me all about it like it's honestly (laughs) been unreal and like it's one of those things where I I always tell people I'm like we were doing cool things on Instagram for years but Mm -hmm. you know I feel like like almost everybody caught on of like this year for some reason (laughs) which is just so funny to me but it started to spread like wildfire and we would see it like this year we started so in January of this year at the very beginning of the year we had 8,000 followers Mm -hmm. and now obviously I think we're at over like a little bit over 250 or something um so yeah I've never seen growth like that honestly even on the branded side which is just so surreal and just weird but also awesome you know and I think it's like I said it's a combination of efforts between everyone on this team you know we like to sit down and we really just think of like we have pitch meetings every week where we all sit down and pitch ideas for social and PR and sales Mm -hmm. and like all of our sectors and those are some of the most innovative creative meetings where like even our interns will be giving feedback on posts and stuff where we'll be like well that's such a cool idea let's do it and we just always want Mayfair's Instagram to be like innovative and really like a really cool space for not only positivity but cool content and really like breaking the boundaries on content so Mm -hmm. I think that like our team is amazing but I also think that you know people started posting about it and then everyone would see it like Mm -hmm. on their Instagrams and so it just started to catch on and we would see this almost like weird overnight like we'd all be texting each other being like what is going on like (laughs) that story just got like 70,000 views or like Mm -hmm. that post got reposted so many times like so we all just started to see it we all could just feel that we were like this is going to be a big year you know like we all started to kind of see it all happen so definitely it's been surreal it's been amazing but also like I can only credit our social team because and everyone else on this team because they too they've worked so hard and I think like we talked about this that success is like not something that happens overnight Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes on Instagram it's easy or just in social in general people see like what they think is like overnight success Mm -hmm. but on the back end there's like tens or 20 people working day and night to like make that a reality and our social team has honestly been grinding for like years on producing like the utmost coolest creative innovative content and so you know it's definitely one of those things where it's it's not an overnight thing like the team has worked so so hard on it but we're also Mm -hmm. very very grateful that like people are responsive to it because we just want to put out cool positive messages and if people love it we're like cool you know so (laughs) yeah I 
actually once heard a quote, I think it was on a podcast, where they were saying, act like you have a million followers even if you only have one. Mm-hmm. So I like that you say that. It's like, no, like this has been happening like for a long time, guys. Yeah. Like you've always been like bringing your A game, which I feel like that is a little like that's like the takeaway here. Like it's always be putting out good content. Like yeah. don't just wait for it to happen because then it won't. It won't. I think I I read something too about that like it's so weird. I don't even know why I was reading an article on Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he like <laughs> said that he like would wake up every day like envisioning himself in the role. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he because it was I think I was reading something about manifestation and it was just saying that like those kinds of people that wake up every day almost like believing it before it mm-hmm. actually happens. Like he I think it was when he was like trying to get the role of the Terminator or something. Uh-huh. He would like wake up every day like knowing he had it or something and mm-hmm. just like you're progressively like making those steps in your head in order to mm-hmm. make it happen like subliminally, yeah. you know, without it but for us too like I just think from the get-go like we were so adamant and almost like knew like what we wanted Mayfair to be and Mm -hmm. even down to like the lingo the emojis like I remember like we would have like 2,000 followers and we'd all like debate on like what the caption should be and and Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things people would probably be like we have 2,000 followers why do we care Mm -hmm. but we wanted it to be exactly who we were and speak to like our identity and I think knowing who your brand voice is is so important Mm -hmm from the very beginning and I think just making sure that everything that you put out whether it's content whether it's doing an event whether it's merch like it really needs to speak to that message and speak to that core like brand voice Mm -hmm. and identity of who you are Mm -hmm. and that's why we really like take the time that we do and everything that we do because we want it all to be very Mayfair so yeah just making sure that it's always speaking to the voice like even Mm -hmm. if it's an emoji like I'll debate with the girls sometimes and be like oh I don't think that one's right like Mm -hmm. and we'll just sit there and debate it but like it may seem silly but for us like it's all the details matter you know Mm -hmm. so for sure I feel like and like this is just me like little me like perusing Instagram I feel like ever since I saw you guys do like some astrology stuff I feel like I've been seeing it everywhere (laughs) Uh, which maybe it's just one of those things but leading into a a bit of a deeper conversation I feel like social media it's so hard to feel original sometimes because Mm -hmm. it's like oh maybe somebody's done that before that you don't even know about or and a lot of the time that can like cripple people from even trying to be creative because it's like oh like I have this great idea but I kind of don't want to share it because I don't want people to take it or all these different challenges with having a really unique voice how do you combat challenges like that or if you've ever like experienced or have any insight on that yeah I've definitely I mean this year has been hard because because we've seen so much replication like mm-hmm. you know like f- stuff that like we've done that's been replicated and yeah. I know everyone's always like you're supposed to take that as flattery but like as a business owner it's a hard thing sometimes because you're just like oh, we worked so hard on that and then to see people replicating it like and it's it's one thing if it's external obviously it's but like we, even people that like we know you know that have like right. done it so that's just a hard thing to like navigate and it's been a challenge for me personally this year but mm-hmm. I think what always stands out is innovation I think everything that we do at Mayfair we try to put innovation on the forefront and even if we're taking something like a creative idea that we're inspired by how can we do it differently mm-hmm. we're not we're never wanting to like replicate people we're always wanting to like be innovative in our own world and I feel like we obviously do look at social and we look at Pinterest and Tumblr, but honestly, 99% of our ideas come from our meetings in-house where we're all sitting around a table and we're just pitching ideas and we're working off each other and we're like in this creative flow of just like all being kind of inspired. And so, 
you know, we do look sometimes externally, but for the most part, we're all just like coming up with our ideas in house. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes like that's the key is just like not looking like too much at other people, what other people do, Mm -hmm. but rather like feeling like feeling what you think inside that's going to be cool and just doing it in an innovative way, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it is taking something you know, some old, you know, like photographers campaign and just doing it new, but in an innovative way. I think that like, there's a lot to be said about that because I think if you're constantly looking externally, sometimes it does, it totally hinders creativity Mm -hmm. because then you're almost stuck on other people's ideas instead of kind of coming up with your own. So Mm -hmm. sometimes the best way to handle situations is just to like get with a group of people that you feel inspired by or that you work with and really Mm -hmm. just sit in a room and be like, all right, what can we like, let's have a pitch meeting. Let's sit down. Let's think about like how we can really build this amazing content this week or Mm -hmm. like, what are we all kind of inspired by? And so that's really where we get a lot of our ideas from, but it's definitely been tough this year because I think like there's been a lot of like replication as Mm -hmm. far as like, yeah, the horoscopes and just just in general like made for content which for me I'm like whatever but obviously the team like worked so hard on it so that's always like hard but at the end of the day like it's cool that people are inspired by our ideas I guess and Mm so it's kind of just learning to navigate like I said a new set of challenges and being like okay cool we're just gonna like roll with it and continue to innovate and try to just keep doing things differently yeah Awesome. And then going into your personal Instagram, I love that you are always answering questions, that little like question box on the stories. And I've seen a lot of questions that you've been really open about. And I think Mm -hmm. has been really like inspiring just as like a user on the platform that you've been open about like, Oh, like really like hard times, like owning a business isn't always as easy as it seems, or even going about through different bouts of like depression Mm -hmm. in like the college era and things like that. And then before this, you actually shared with me that you have dyslexia too. So, which everyone has like their own trials and different things they're dealing with but like personally for you like there's been like a few different like roadblocks and trials that maybe if somebody's looking on the outside it's like oh like how'd she get here to Mayfair so any like tips or advice for people that are kind of struggling with different things personally or even externally that are actually hindering them from reaching like the Mayfair of whatever their path is totally tips for them 100% I think this is like what I like the really the premise of like my personal Instagram is just to share the struggles and just kind of like the real life behind the scenes of running a business and hopefully just help people or just even if I can help one person just kind of like go through like something that I went through personally which was obviously like a depress like a depression that I went through that was really really bad but I think just if I can inspire a couple people through that mm-hmm. then like that's the premise of my and that's really like what my platform was for like I don't put a lot of time into my Instagram mm-hmm. I definitely like neglect it obviously because I feel like for our brands and Mayfair and stuff I definitely spend a lot more time on that but I just mm-hmm. try to be honest about like what I what I go through mm-hmm. and I think just like kind of having that voice of just being like here's what I dealt with today kind of mm-hmm. thing so, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, um, my dad has really bad dyslexia, and mine's like moderate. It's not mm-hmm. anywhere near like what his level was. But in a sense, he had to be creative in the way that he was like, okay, I've got to learn to be, you know, I've got to learn how to build relationships and be and and kind of like go from there and rely on things that I can do rather on than like dealing with numbers and writing e- like he's just even to this day like he has trouble sometimes writing emails and stuff but he is the best people 
person you've ever met in your entire life. Like anyone that meets him like wants to be in his life forever just because that's the kind of person he is. And so I think like there's always a way, a strength to see Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes in those like disabilities and stuff, like you can always almost like become better at things that you're you're not necessarily good at or that you can't rely on and so for me I think the hardest thing was like that transition from college to life um which I think is like not spoken about a lot of times because I think a lot of people just think like oh you get your college degree and then you're just you just figure it out and I think that that's just a such a hard transition and I also think the transition from high school to college or you know high school to whatever's next is like a really hard transition too sometimes those life changes are like the hardest phases in our lives Mm -hmm. and for me personally like I played soccer my whole life into college and then going from that basically transitioning into this new like world and then being thrown into like the real world I mean I had really supportive parents and I was really really lucky but I actually dropped out of school at one point because I was really depressed and then when I ended up transitioning before I started Mayfair I was also like working you know making great money but really depressed and from the outside everyone would probably see my life and think like she's got a great husband she's got great family you know she's got a good job you know what is there to be sad about but depression I mean it honestly it's one of those things like anyone can experience it no matter how much money how much you have in your life like it really like anyone can like anyone can experience that and anxiety too like that's just such a prominent thing now too and so for me what really really helped me was I read this like quote one day that was like I think it was Sophia and Maruso that posted it and it was like if you're an anxious person, start a business <laughs> because you basically channel all of that nervous energy mm-hmm. into something. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of my like depression and anxiety was from like non-fulfillment. It was mm-hmm. almost like I knew that I like needed something mm-hmm. to really channel that like energy into. And, you know, as much as medication can like help, it also, it doesn't get to the root. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things, like obviously I always, I know that people deal with, like, there's a lot of levels of depression and there's a lot of, like, cases that definitely, absolutely you need medication. A lot of people do need medication, 100%, and even I at the time was medicated, but Mm -hmm. I I knew that I needed to deal with kind of, like, what the root was, and for me, it was just finding purpose, Mm -hmm. and when I started Mayfair, it was like, I started to stay up at night not being anxious because I would know that I would be putting that anxious energy into something. And so at night, I all of a sudden wasn't getting anxious at night to go to sleep because that was a lot of like what my triggers were. I would be like, all right, I'm going to be working on Mayfair. And so I would stay up like all night, even if I had to, just putting this energy into, you know, building this company basically. And it almost turned from like anxious energy to excitement. Like I kind of in my like my mentality like shifted then it started to become this exciting thing like I was like okay I'm gonna stay up at night I'm gonna work on it like even if I'm anxious like I'll channel that into this project and Mm -hmm. so I think building this thing that was almost bigger than myself and bigger than anything I had ever known was almost just like this purpose that I really needed Mm -hmm. and I mean I don't say this lightly because obviously like I know how how bad I was back then but like it really changed my life like hands down it 100% changed my life I mean all the other variables stayed the same like I have an amazing husband to this day an amazing supportive family I've always had those things Mayfair really changed my life because it gave me like purpose it gave me a platform 
and a network to be able to inspire other girls that are going through this and really just like help people Mm -hmm. and I think that's a lot of like what my fulfillment comes from too is just really like being able to help or inspire people with our platform with what we do in our daily lives you know even using my own Instagram to potentially like write back and help people like that's really where I get fulfillment from and helping brands you know it all comes down to that and so it really truly has like changed my life honestly so Amazing. I should be like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, I'm glad we're recording this because I was like, oh, you need to record that, but I'm glad we are. (laughs) That was like amazing. Love hearing that. Channeling that energy into action, I think, breeds the best results. So love that. So you're always on the go. I feel like you have a very busy schedule. Any tips for time management or making time for stuff that matters? Yeah, I mean, I'm the worst person to ask about this because I'm still trying to figure out how to balance every component of my life, but definitely getting there, and a lot of that has to do with having a team that you trust, and so I'm now able to delegate a lot more, whereas in the early days, I was like constantly trying to manage everything whereas now I'm able to really trust the girls to do what they have to do and in return I'm able to like sleep better at night and stuff so I think just definitely carving out time for self-care and self-love and having moments where you know you say no if you if you don't want to go out to dinner with someone or you just need to be home or just learning to say no when you need to, learning to be able to take time at home and really just tune out. I mean, easier said than done because I'm still learning all of these things, but I think just being able to tune out sometimes and, you know, I'll, I'll work like crazy hours, but I also know every day when I come home, my husband and I will have dinner together and we take our dog on a walk and that's really our time to like talk about our day and really just like have time with each other and I call my mom and my dad and my siblings every day on the way to and the way home from work Smart. so it's really like my call time where I can like touch in with everyone and be like you know how's your day what's going on and we really like use those moments to kind of like catch up with each other and I'm the biggest like advocate for family like my family really is my life so mm-hmm. anytime they come to town like last week they were here and I was like you know what I'm taking a day off and I really like spent time with them so just learning to say no taking time for yourself taking time for like those people that really matter in your life as hard as it as it is it's really important and then also just being able to tune out sometimes because I think Mm -hmm. this industry social all of those things gets a 24-hour job Kaylee our social media director like people will talk about her hours and I'm like her hours are 24 7 like she really is tuned in a lot of the time and so just even telling her like to take a break when you need to and just making sure that you have time to tune out is really important Mm -hmm, for sure and then last question before you dive into the rapid fire round oh god (laughs) it's not scary I need to figure out a different name for it because rapid fire sounds way too scary sounds intense Uh, but last question before that what's the one thing like that one surreal moment that's happened on like this almost three-year journey gosh I honestly I'm trying to think of like honestly just being able I mean I feel like there's so many surreal moments you know Mm -hmm. like I feel like there's so many so many moments that have been just like wow like I can't believe this is I'll look around sometimes and be like are we really doing this thing like what's going on in here you know Mm -hmm. but I think you know there's and people always tell me and Devin my CEO is always like celebrate the small victories and every week we try to you know highlight what those are and just really make a fuss of like the small victories in the office but there's been a lot of big ones too for sure I think 
hitting, you know, the social growth that we've done this year. There's been a lot of like branded victories, like getting wildflower cases into Urban Outfitters. And this year we rolled them out to all doors, which was, you know, a huge win for us. Um, The events that we've been doing, I mean, I feel like it's honestly hard to narrow down like one thing. I guess if I had to say one thing, it would be working with the team that I get to work with every day is probably like my biggest victory just because I feel so lucky to be able to work with these girls. But other victories, I mean, obviously like the social this year has been immense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's been incredible. It's been like crazy to even watch and then even just like every one of our sectors just hitting these insane goals every week I guess that's just like they're all in my opinion they're all equivalent like I can't even name one for sure but I'm just proud of everyone you know I'm proud of the girls so I love that awesome okay so now we're gonna head into our rapid fire round so morning person or night owl night owl 100 percent. i'm horrible in the mornings <laughs> my day is not complete without coffee <laughs> i have a blank with me at all times probably my phone which is don't like horrible but i just feel like, like i so can't necessary it's now. like i feel like i always have to be checking emails and stuff mm-hmm. i'm just like such a workaholic so there's that the best advice I ever got love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life yeah I think it like it, again going back to like just the depression and like the mm-hmm. things that I kind of dealt with I think making your passion your job is the best thing you can do in life mm-hmm. for your fulfillment and your happiness like take all variables out like I always mm-hmm. tell this to people I'm like forget about the money forget about the health care forget about the benefits what do you love to do make that your job figure out a way to make that your job and then figure out the other components like find a way to combine what you love doing every day Mm -hmm. with everything else that you do and then figure the rest I'm like I promise you the rest will figure itself out if you love what you're doing every single day and honestly the rest of it doesn't really matter in my opinion like I've always just been somebody that's an advocate and doing what you love every day so Mm -hmm. 100% Sorry, I know we're supposed to be in rapid fire. No, no, no. I love it. I love it. I forgot to say that part. Like, feel free to elaborate. (laughs) My current goal is... I really want to get Mayfriend and Forbes. Like, that's one of our biggest goals. Love. But, I mean, there's so many goals, you know? I think there's so, so many goals on our branded side, on our team side, merch, social, all Mm -hmm. of it. But we've always said that we want to be in Forbes, so getting Mayfair and Forbes would be rad. Love that. And favorite book, podcast, resource that's had an impact on you that you'd want to share? Um, I love the podcast, How I Built This by Guy Raz. It's literally one of my favorites. And I also love Girl Cult by Lexi, the Galore um, podcast, Girl Cult. So mm-hmm. I got the opportunity to be on that this year, which was really amazing. She's really rad. But How I Built This by Guy Raz has just changed. I love, love, love yeah. that that podcast he and that's the where I honestly heard Emily Weiss's story um so her episode specifically I would listen to for sure perfect Mm -hmm. love the specifics and then last one I'm inspired by my team yeah for sure I would say my team obviously my parents and my husband too but like these girls for sure are who inspire me the most amazing so where can we keep up with you and Mayfair like I obviously everyone who's listening to this probably already follows you but share the handles <laughs> so or... Mayfair's Instagram is at the Mayfair group definitely check that out because it's going to be way more entertaining than my own personal um but my own personal is at Sam Aberhart and um you guys can obviously keep up there too but definitely go check out Mayfair's because 
We got all the good content over there. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks that was, so that's much. That's it. I awesome. loved it. Thanks so much awesome. for having me. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Sam. Make sure to check out Mayfair on Instagram and Pinterest. Before you go, my Friday favorite this week is actually Pinterest. We'll dive into the basics in a later episode to help you get your Pinterest up to the next level. But lately, I've been loving it. Back in the day, I always thought Pinterest was just for recipes, for quotes. I, I used it a lot to get wedding inspo a few years ago when I was planning my wedding. But other than that, I kind of dropped off, not really an active user on it until recently. So I've been using it with clients for a while and saw really good results for a good driver. It's a really good driver of traffic. So about a month ago, month, two months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it for myself. So I upgraded to the business account setting and have just been building out Pinterest. And it is so much Fun. There's so much inspiration for fashion, for your own content, for travel, everything. So it's been so nice. The data is incredible. If you love data like myself, you will be obsessed with it. So that is my Friday favorite this week. I'll be coming out with an episode soon on some Pinterest basics to help you get started if you need some help with that. And go follow my account, Abby Zufel, and see what I've been working on over there. We have some business fashion, some girl bosses from the movies type of boards. It's a fun time, like very in tune with the Working Girl Talk brand. But also some other, if you're just getting started with Pinterest, some other accounts you should follow. Definitely follow the Mayfair group on Pinterest. So much inspo. And the Lifestyle Co. Really awesome interior design shots. Such a good time. So that is my Friday favorite this week. And... That is it. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you're listening. Leave that leave that good review for us so that means Working Girl Talk can reach more people. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week.